Fearless Conversations, the Serpents and Doves Podcast with Pablo Frasini. Some of you guys are probably wondering what in the world was the Mr. Rogers little theme song I was singing. Well, as you guys could see, I've got my shawl cardigan on. And I just felt like Mr. Rogers. Um, I love cardigans. Cardigans are great. Who loves cardigans? Let me know. Um, but anyways, I do. I love cardigans. Cool cardigans. Because there's some that just feel like you're wearing just a ton of bricks on. But anyways, the only thing I was missing is tossing the shoe and from one hand to the other hand. And won't you be my neighbor? So we are all neighbors, right? Got to love our neighbor. Anyways, folks, family, good to see y'all. This is going to be a short one. I know I always say that. This is going to be a very, very short one. Reason why is I was thinking, what should I talk about? This, so part 3B for Rapture Ready series won't. I wasn't going to do that one because I thought, well, I'll, I'll go Thursday on that one. And I thought... Lord, what do you want me to talk about? And uh, just kind of going back and forth and not really sure knowing exactly where to go. There's so much to talk about, right? I mean, it's not like there's a shortage of subjects to talk about. But something that I just uh, was feeling, I don't know, just feeling to the need to to address. And, well... I'll tell you guys about it on the flip side of the ve- of the uh, housekeeping. So housekeeping, let's go to the housekeeping. Let's get through this, family. Um, as always, the Serpents and Doves site. Uh, you know what? I do want to do a new website, but at the end of the day, I'll get to it when I get to it. There's so much going on. It's like there's not enough time in the day, and I'm not. I'm not the only one. I'm sure all you know that. Or at least can you feel me? You know what I'm talking about. It's like there's not, oh, wow, there's always something to do, right? Just add it to the to-do list always. And so my to-do list almost seems like one of those proclamations, which actually we're going to mention a proclamation today, but, you know, bum pa da da and they would roll the scroll, and it would just roll on the floor. And anyways, that's what I feel like my to-do list looks like lately, but... Anyways, this is the site. Please subscribe to the newsletter. All you got to do is put your email there. Hit send. I will get that. And you will be on the list for the email. This is good. Uh, Look, right now, all I have on the blogcast page uh, are all Ron's blog posts. I think I have one or two in here somewhere. The majority of these are all Ron's, and it's good. Ron puts out some great stuff, so I would encourage you guys to go check it out. I know I should put a little, I should put the the YouTube and Rumble button up here. They're at the bottom, at least the YouTube button is, and um, down here on the footer, as you guys could see right there. If you click on that, it'll take you. I don't want to click right now, but anyways. Also, hey, listen, if you guys like the content, if you're really enjoying what you're seeing and you feel led of the Lord to come alongside the ministry, partner with the ministry to help it move along and continue the work, you can do it two ways, either a single donation up here at the top, or you can do a monthly donation uh, if you feel led to do that. And so just click there and then all the different amounts, frequencies, yada, 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 blah, blah, blah. All right, so... Like I was saying, um, let me move out of this screen here. I'm going to read that, so just bear with me. I don't want to get ahead of myself, but it's a goody one. Um, so again, I was thinking, what do what do I talk about? And um, as of late, I've been thinking, I'm going to be frank with you guys. I've been thinking about our country situation. I'm sure that I'm not the only one who thinks about that. I'm sure that I'm not the only one who thinks about the the condition of our country. And needless to say, I shouldn't say that it's extremely anemic, right? And so my mind will oftentimes, I'll find it wandering, going 
Lord, where are you going with this? Um, have we been here before? Uh, Lord, is is there uh, is there a place where you're gonna restore this country, restore some semblance, some some semblance of normalcy? And so I have all these questions that I that I wrestle with, I think about as I'm reading scripture. They they kind of cross my mind. And um, you know, I I I oftentimes think too, they, you know, history is cyclical, right? We we know that there have been times in the world that have been some of the darkest times, at least if you were living during those specific times. Spanish Inquisition, World War II, World War I, depending where you lived, right? Um, uh, if I'm thinking the the Babylonian captivity, um, the diaspora. Wow, you know, times I'm thinking of 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 the Black Death in Europe. Those periods of time, uh, so many periods where I oftentimes wonder. There was political upheaval during times, whether it was England and France going at it, or uh, you had other countries vying for power, you, you know, Japan trying to become the imperial power of the world, or uh, Russia, or whatever it was. Fill in the blanks. Whatever you may think it was, I, I, I do. I ask myself, in, in, in light of Bible prophecy, I ask myself, have we been in a position where we're at right now. And now let's bring it to our home. Let's bring it to our country right now. Because obviously there are other countries where they probably went through periods of time. I know they did. And the people that were living there or believers that might have been living there, the church itself, might have thought to itself, might have thought to themselves, the thought might have crossed their minds is this the end? Is this ever going to get any better? And and I think of places like Romania under Ceausescu, right? I think of places like um, Cambodia. And I think of dictators, again, in Cambodia, like uh, Pol Pot. I think of uh, dictators like uh, Mao in China. And, and so on and so forth. You could put Stalin, you could put Lenin in there, you could put Hitler, you just, you know, whether it was Nero with Paul or, uh, you know, uh, a terrible governor uh, during the times of, of Jesus who was Pontius Pilate, horrible. I washed myself of this as if that was enough. So I find myself thinking about these things, Right. Have we always had periods where things just look like they're in the toilet and they sure look like they're in the toilet now and nobody's flushed if you get my drift? And there have been, right? There have been periods really, really... Uh, hello, the Dark Ages. But there have been some really, really bad periods in history. I'm, I'm no historian. I'm never going to claim to be a historian ever. But I've read, I think the majority of us have read, we've read enough either in school or in, in college or, you know, for those that like that kind of torture, you read history books. But no, I'm just kidding. There are great history books, really good ones, especially those that deal with history from the perspective of, how should I put this? the the inception of this country and how it was formed via judeo-christian principles and and I do I think about that as well I have a book back here somewhere and oh there it is it's um it's called the light and the glory if you haven't gotten that book I would highly encourage you guys to get that book it's really really good by Peter Marshall another I mean if you want to Read a biography. Go read the biography of Peter Marshall. Great story. Um, <clears throat> I believe his wife 
was the one that started the prayer intercessors. I'm, I don't remember the name of the ministry. It's a great ministry, by the way. Anyways, where am I going with all this is the fact that I think about, I spend a lot of time thinking about the heritage of our country, what this country endured. Now, please, let me preface it with this, because I'm sure there are those that are thinking, well, you know what, this country isn't perfect. Uh, I would say it's one of those duh moments. I mean, if I'm going to be rude, I'll be rude right now. Duh. I'd be the first one to go, dude, of course. There's not one country that's perfect, not even Israel. And I would, I would encourage those that might think opposite of me to go read the history of, of Israel. Go read it. It's, it's, um, it's very similar, and, and what I mean similar is just humanity, fallen nature. It's very similar to our country, too. Now, please, I'm not making this. Uh, I don't want anybody to write me in and say, oh, you're making, you're equating the U.S. and Israel. No, that, that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that human nature, human nature, is imperfect. That's why we needed Jesus Christ to come. We are sinful beings. We need a Savior. Praise God for our Lord and Savior who died on that cross for us. Now, I know I've heard it that Jesus didn't die for nations. He died for, you know, individuals in those nations. I get it. I, I understand. But the principle of the fact is that uh, blessed is a nation whose Lord is or whose God is the Lord. Something along those lines. You guys get me, right? I'm sure I'll get emails and you guys will tell me exactly where that's at. But you understand where I'm going with this. So here we have our country that I've thought about. And, and look, my family is an immigrant family. I am a naturalized citizen. I've been living here since I was a little kid. And to me, this is my country. I love my country. And I don't think that there's anything wrong with loving your country. Not at all, right? So, some people would say, well, you know, it, I, I don't think we should be that patriotic or it's really bad to, to be nationalistic that way. And unfortunately, nowadays, the word nationalist has taken on some really bad connotations. And again, it's not something that I want to get into right now. Because it's not the it is not the point of of today's heart to heart. Let's just call it a heart to heart with you guys. That's not that that's not the point of today's heart to heart. You know, I um I think of of where our nation began, the sacrifices that were made by the people that came. You know, uh, the pilgrims, those on. On, you know, we got the Mayflower Compact, which was a type of, uh, I guess, a precursor to, to our Constitution. And, and I think of the hardships. If, if you haven't read about the hardships that they had to endure in the colonies, the first settlers that came here, I would encourage you to do so because it really will put, uh, it puts perspective on uh, the... The hardships that were wrought, not rotten, wrought, W-R-O-U-G-H-T, that they had to go through because they wanted freedom so bad. Yes, freedom is not free. Obviously, freedom is not free. Freedom in Christ wasn't free. It cost Jesus Christ his life. So, so whether it's freedom in the Spirit and that's not a license to sin. That's not what I'm saying. But let's let's not misunderstand the fact that there is no such thing as free in freedom. Freedom costs something. And in the United States, that freedom is written in the blood of the lives of men and women that have died for this country. And so um, have has everybody been a, a, a believer, a Christ follower, a born again believer in this country from its inception? No, no, not at all. That's not where I'm coming at. But again, kind of going back, circling back to uh, yeah, there we got a Gen Saki moment. Let's circle back. I'll circle back to you over there. 
Anyways. Um, yeah, that deserves uh, one of these things that's probably going to play in like the next 20 minutes. You're going to hear this this sound effect. But anyways, here it's going to go, um, as always. So yeah, there was my Jen Saki moment. Let me circle back to what I was talking about. And there you go. There it is. My Jen Saki moment. Sorry about that, folks. Okay, so this is where I was going with it. Where was I going with it? See what happens when you mess with technology. Um, anyways, to come back to what I was talking about is, is I was thinking about uh, what do I want to share? What is the heart to heart? What do I want to just kind of bring to the table? I thought about, okay, or have we, again, have we been here before? Is this some... Um, uh, exponential acceleration that we're seeing in our country that's going to lead to the direct rapture of the church. Is this a sign? It can't be a sign. And some of you are going, what in the world did he just say? No, because look, folks, if we're going to be scriptural, and we need to be, the, the rapture is a signless event. There are no signs that preclude the rapture of the church. So for us to be looking for a sign that points to the rapture itself, I, I really don't think that that's biblical, right? So just, just hang with me for a minute. I know some of you guys might be scratching your heads and going, what? So follow me on this. So I'm thinking, Lord, is, is, is there going to be some sort of spiritual reset? right? Have we, have we gone through a cycle like this before where, where things seem so hopeless, so bad, where we're ready to just throw our hands up and just forget about it? And that brought me to the, the company that I work for. Well, company, it's an organization I work for. This is my my other gig, right? The one that sort of pays the bills. And so uh, it's a fabulous organization. They put out these amazing documentaries from a, a Christian perspective. Uh, they are the ones that, and, and by no means, I'm, I'm not getting paid to say this, but um, um, this, isn't, this isn't a promo, even though it kind of is, but this is something that I'm, I'm just sharing with you. And I thought, this will all tie in. So this this organization I work for is called Illustra Media. And Illustra Media has a, a, a sister company or <clears throat> sister company called the John 1010 Project, right? And uh, from the verse, John 1010, I've come to give you life and that more in abundance. They put out these great videos on nature, videos on creation, space, inspiration videos. <clears throat> Sorry, folks, got a frog in my throat there. I'm going to put the link below so you guys could go check them out. Go check them out. The, the videos are fantastic. They're, they're professionally made. And I remembered that we put out a video a while back called Lincoln's Prayer. <clears throat> Lincoln's Prayer um, is a video that we did. I hope that this doesn't freeze when I show you this. Um, but let me go ahead and see if I can, if I can come out, just bear with me, folks. Give me a second here as I kind <clears> of <throat> get myself together here. All right. So back in 1863, we were, I believe, two years into the Civil War. And uh, wow, my face just totally got blown out. The brightness did. There we go. Man, I mean, I'm bright, but not that bright. Anyways. Let me go ahead and show you just a picture. Hopefully this won't time out. There it is right there. Let me remove that black circle there. This is the proclamation that was made by Abraham Lincoln. Can you imagine this day and age? <laughs> I can't. But can you imagine this day and age where you would see any state put something like this on any one of 
their correspondences, any one of their prints. I can't. But anyways, we did this video called Lingus Prayer. I'm going to play for you guys. It's about five minutes. I hope you guys enjoy, and we'll come back. We'll talk about it. And yes, it was a proclamation that Lincoln did. It was for a day of what? Humiliation right here. Fasting and prayer. Pretty impressive. If you ask me, pretty impressive. We're going to come back to that, folks. Hang on to that. So as I was kind of saying, I'm thinking about all these things, and I've, you know, I thought, is is it a bad thing to want my nation, my country, to, man, I have so many thoughts in my mind. Listen, there, there are those uh, pastors out there that, that uh, that say, you know what? Uh, it's a bad thing to want uh, this country to, um, for the Lord to to restore it. I, I don't think so. I don't think it's a bad thing to want that at all. That doesn't mean I don't want the rapture to happen. I, I pray the rapture happens this. I pray it happens today. Um, but if it doesn't, if it doesn't, we're we're commanded to occupy as if he could take a thousand years, and I'm not saying he's going to, but I'm not God. And so I thought, is it is is it a bad why should I feel guilty for wanting to see my country restored? Right? It's almost as if we've been made to feel that if we want to see our country restored, that somehow some way uh then we're we're bad christians or we we somehow don't want the rapture of the church to happen and and that's not that couldn't be far farther from the truth right i mean how many of us know and i've i think the last podcast i did and the one before that i might have mentioned this but how many of us know Second Chronicles 7.14, some of us have it memorized, right? If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sins and I will heal their land. Again, yes, I know this was spoken to the Jewish nation, Israel. I understand that. However, in principle, it applies to us as well today. In principle, it's the same. If my people, are we not God's people? I didn't say God's chosen people. But as believers, we are sons and daughters of the Most High God. We belong to him. I am his and he is mine. Right? So if my people, I am his, am I his? Yes. Who are called by my name, are we called by his name? Absolutely. Are we not Christ followers? You bet. Will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and do what? Turn from their wicked ways. If then there's the if and the the then again it begs the question i thought to myself lord have we been here in a similar situation now i'm not talking on a global scale obviously because there's always been problems around the world there's always been people who have tried to take over the world there's always been people who you know despots and and those with you know those dictators Left-leaning ideologies, communists. In essence, in essence, if we boil this down to a spiritual, um, in a spiritual sense, right? The reality of the spirit world, the spirit realm. We're told that our battle is not against flesh and blood, and so has this battle been going on ever since the beginning of time? And the answer is a resounding yes. It has been. Have, have there been been times where periods in the world where it looks like there is no hope? Yes. 
Have there been periods of time of restoration? Yes, there have. Does that prevent God's prophetic time clock from moving forward? And again, the answer is a resounding no. It does not prevent the Lord and his prophetic clock from enacting what God already said was going to happen. If God said it, it's going to happen, no matter what, no matter what. But God does intervene in the affairs of man. He does. Is it a principle of God? Is it a principle of God, of the Lord, to um, not prevent, not prevent, but to... um, To have us escape trials and tribulations. That's the word I was looking for. Yes, it's a principle of the Lord. It is. Does that mean you're not going to go through any? No, that's not what I'm saying. That is not what I'm saying. But can he in his grace and in his mercy prevent, have us escape some of these? I'm not talking just, just... Bear with me. Yes, it is a principle of the Lord. It is. Look it up yourself. Be a Berean. So, as as I was thinking about this, I remembered this film that we made, and I wanted to share it with you guys, and then we'll come back, we'll we'll talk about it. But if there's one thing that I want to make crystal clear, crystal clear, is that there is nothing wrong with being patriotic. Nothing wrong with being patriotic. Obviously, some people have a different definition of what patriotic means, right? But if we go, if we boil it down to the nitty-gritty, and, and then I'll show the movie. I'll share, I'll share the movie. Again, it's five minutes. You guys are gonna love it. I it, it's a great movie. But, anyways, if we really boil it down, we strip it down. Patriotism just means love for one's country. Is that a bad thing? Is it is it wrong to to love one's own country? And no, it's it's not wrong at all. Obviously, as long as the love for our country never supersedes the love for our Lord, there's nothing wrong with that. The Lord is the one who established um, boundaries for nations. There there is a reason and a purpose for doing that. If the Lord is the one that established those, well, then you know what? I'm going to always go with what the Lord did. And the Lord put me here. And so, look, before I keep going about patriotism and nationalism, like I said, unfortunately, those two terms have taken a big hit, a real big hit. I want to go ahead and show you guys this movie. Family, I hope you enjoy this. We'll come back and we'll talk about it. We'll come back, we'll talk about the proclamation. I'll put it up on the screen again. And it's not that I want to take a whole lot of time, but I think the point that I want to make is the fact that these things can be cyclical. Does that, again, please don't misunderstand what I'm saying. Does that mean that the Lord cannot come back for His church tomorrow? And I pray He does. Of course that's not what I'm saying. That's not what I'm saying. Can the Lord take another year, two, three, five, as much as we don't want to hear it? And I will be the first one to say, Lord, I I don't want to hear that. But I have to be honest about things and go, the Lord can. Why? Because he's sovereign. And as long as we're here, we have work that needs to be done. You know, Ron and I were having a conversation... We talk about once a week, you know, don't forget to pray for the Palmer family. They're out in Papua New Guinea. Please pray that the Lord would continue to uh, to protect and bless the work that they're doing. Uh, also, don't forget to uh, pray for uh, Eric Barger. He's been under the weather. Please keep him in your prayers. I love Eric. I want to have him back on. But we were having this conversation, and we always talk about the rapture, and both of us are like, hey, you know what? We want the Lord to come back now. We do. At the end of the day, I don't know if the Lord's going to take another week or another 10 years. I don't, it, it's hard for me to say that He is just based on what I'm seeing, but we got work to do while we're here. 
We must occupy while we're here. I say that all the time, and I hope that that just comes through the importance of doing work. Some, The simplest thing might be something that breaks through to somebody. You know, uh, Phil, uh, Phil, my brother Phil Roma sent me a picture, should have put it up, of him putting a, a gospel card when he's leaving a tip. And yes, he did leave a good tip. Thank you, brother Phil, my brother. Shout out. But sometimes I feel like we think we have to do these grandiose things for the Lord, but God wants us to work where we're at. Wherever your two feet are, wherever these two little feet of yours are, that's your, that is your area or arena of ministry. That is your, your sphere of influence. The Lord may grow it. He may not. But wherever you are, that is your area of ministry. Now, look, I have to be careful because I could go off on these crazy tangents and, and rabbit trails, and I don't want to do that. I want to try and stay focused here because I'm, I'm going to try to be done in 45 minutes. I've already taken up about half an hour. But I think it's really important that we think about this. Now, look, <laughs> I've been saying I'm going to show the movie. Let me just show it. Let's watch it. Pay attention. If you have to stop, rewind it, watch it. Um, again, Illustra Media. It's the John 1010 Project. They put out great, great videos. I think it would bless a lot of you, especially in a moment, in these moments where we're just, a lot of us are filled with anxiety. Some of us deal with fear. I got a comment the other day that said, I can't take it any uh, much longer. Uh, I want the Lord to come back. I can't take it much longer. I've gotten those that say I'm so depressed. But family, if there's one thing that prophecy should do for us is encourage us. And that's what I hope that today brings. It's not that I'm trying to be a downer. I'm trying to, I'm trying to bring hope. And it's not my hope that I want to bring. It's the hope of the Word of God that I want to bring. Right? It's the hope of the Word of God that I want to bring. And so, again, as we look at these things... As we talk about patriotism, as we talk about what is nationalism, right? I want us to, to look at it also, and, and I got to go quick here, but I got to look at this from a biblical perspective and, and really try to put things into perspective. Have Are these things cyclical? Have these things happened before really bad? So... I want to just play this movie. We'll come back. We'll talk about it. And then um, we'll pray and we'll be done. All right, family. So I hope you guys enjoy this. Uh, here we go. In the spring of 1863, the United States stood on the brink of collapse from within. Two years of devastating civil war had claimed more than a quarter of a million lives, and with no end in sight, the nation was truly a house divided. In response to the wounds that infected the very heart of America, Abraham Lincoln issued a presidential proclamation. Today, more than 150 years later, the humility, hope, and spiritual insight of Lincoln's words still speak to us with extraordinary relevance. Whereas it is the duty of nations, as well as of men, to own their dependence upon the overruling power of God, to confess their sins and transgressions in humble sorrow, and yet with assured hope that genuine repentance will lead to mercy and pardon, to recognize the sublime truth as announced in the Holy Scriptures and proven by all history, that those nations only are blessed, whose God is the Lord. Since we know that by His divine law, nations, like individuals, are subjected to punishments in this world, May we not justly fear that the awful calamity of civil war, which now desolates the land, may be but a punishment inflicted upon us for our sins, 
to the needful end of our national reformation as a whole people. We have been the recipients of the choicest bounties of heaven. We have been preserved these many years in peace and prosperity. We have grown in numbers, wealth, and power as no other nation has ever grown. But we have forgotten God. We have forgotten the gracious hand which preserved us in peace and multiplied and enriched and strengthened us. And we have vainly imagined in the deceitfulness of our hearts that all of these blessings were produced by some superior wisdom and virtue of our own. Intoxicated with unbroken success, we have become too self-sufficient to feel the necessity of redeeming and preserving grace, too proud to pray to the God that made us. It behooves us, then, to humble ourselves before the offended power, to confess our national sins, and to pray for clemency and forgiveness. Now, therefore, in compliance with the request and fully concurring in the views of the Senate, I do by this my proclamation designate and set apart Thursday, the 30th day of April, 1863, as a day of national humiliation, fasting, and prayer. And I do hereby request all the people to abstain on that day from their ordinary secular pursuits and to unite at their several places of public worship and their respective homes in keeping the day holy to the Lord and devoted to the humble discharge of the religious duties proper to that solemn occasion. All this being done in sincerity and truth, let us then rest humbly in the hope that the united cry of the nation will be heard on high and answered with blessings, no less than the pardon of our national sins and the restoration of our now divided and suffering country to its former condition of unity and peace. What do you think of that? Huh? Man, there was so much that was said in there. It's like, where do we start, family? Those images that we saw in that video. So has our country gone through moments where we've had a lot of despair? a lot of uncertainty. I, I, I really do think that the answer is yes. Yes, I think we can, we can all say, yep, that was it. So I want to take a look really quick at some of the things that, that were said there because there was a whole lot, a whole lot that might apply today. Some may be saying, well, you know what? The one we have in the White House now is no Abe Lincoln. And I would say, I agree with you 100%. I agree with you 100%. They're trying to erase God from every semblance of society, those that are in power now. Yes, absolutely. This is what I was going to show you guys. I'll read it. You saw that in the beginning. This is from Dave Guzik, David Guzik. 
He's talking about Romans 13, right? Submission to authority. I'm not going to talk about that right now. <clears throat> but he made a really, really good point. This is the point that I wanted to bring up. He said, there's no authority except from God, and the authorities that exist are appointed by God. So some may be saying, well, you're saying that God allowed those that are in power now. That's exactly what I'm saying. I don't say it. The Lord's the one that appointed them. And again, I'm sure because I've asked this question myself, why would the Lord do that? David goes on to say, we subject ourselves to governing authorities because they are appointed by God and serve a purpose in his plan. Please don't misunderstand what David is saying or what the Word of God is saying. Word of God would never ask somebody to go obey some regime that makes you go against the Word of God. That's not what he's saying. But he goes on to say that no authority is here except from God. <clears throat> and this is what I wanted to share with you guys. He says, God appoints a nation's leaders, but not always to bless the people. Did you get that? God appoints a nation's leaders, but not always to bless the people. Sometimes, and this is a hard pill to swallow, sometimes it is to judge the people or to ripen the nation for judgment. That is a scary thought. It's a scary thought. It really, really is. It gives a couple examples here of Paul. Like I said in the beginning, it gives a couple examples of Paul under the reign of Nero, well, the Roman Empire, specifically Nero. Crazy man. Crazy man. You know, there used to be this CD burning software in the the early stages of, of CD burning and copying, right, reproduction, where uh, the software was called Nero. And I always wondered when I was younger, why in the world did they name it Nero? And I think we all know now why they named it Nero is because Nero was a madman. He tar Christians and light them on fire to light the pathways, right? I mean, talk about demonic possession, multiple. And then you've got our Lord and Savior, like I mentioned earlier, who was under the governorship, well, Judea was, Pontius Pilate, right? Whose wife was smarter than him, have nothing to do with this man. Yeah, but you know what? I care more about my position than I do what anybody else says, so I wash myself. Well, this man's blood may be on your heads. So that's exactly what he said, right? Ooh, great leadership there. Because we don't have great leadership now. It's not leadership. It's the blind leading the blind. But at the end of the day, who put them there? Who allowed them to be there? The Lord. The Lord did. The Lord did. But why did the Lord allow that to happen? Should be a question we are asking ourselves. And like, I agree with what Dave Guzik, David Guzik said. God appoints a nation's leaders, but not always to bless the people. Sometimes it's to judge the people or to ripen a nation for judgment. I mean, seriously, if that, those kind of statements should really make our knees knock. Right? That's not an earthquake. That was me. Sorry. Shaking the camera here. But let's take a quick look at it. Hopefully this thing won't freeze up. This is the proclamation. This is exactly it. Word for word, verbatim. By His Excellent Excellency Abraham Lincoln, President of the United States. A proclamation for a day of humiliation, fasting, and prayer. And we, we read, you heard the actor, the voice actor, did a pretty good job at it. And whereas it is the duty of nations as well as of men to own their own dependence upon the overruling power of God. To do what? To confess their sins and transgressions. And what? What does it say there? Huh? In what? In humble sorrow. Yet with assured hope that Genuine repentance will lead to mercy and pardon. What else have we ignored here? Has this nation, 
Has this nation recognized, as it says here, the sublime truths announced in the Word of God, the Holy Scriptures? That those nations only are blessed whose God is the Lord. I gave you guys that verse earlier on. I mean, we we seriously, we, we could keep going down this. And in as much as we know that by his divine law, nations like individuals are subjected to punishment and chastisements in this world. What did we just read right now? Does the Lord always appoint leaders to bless nations? No, doesn't. And it's almost like what I see is exactly what Abraham Lincoln declared, proclaimed to this nation, almost as an expounded version of 2 Chronicles 7.14. Have we been in a position before where, as it said earlier on, if I could find it, I'll read it. Where it said earlier on that <clears throat> this awful calamity of civil war, which now desolates the land, may be a punishment inflicted upon us for our presumptuous sins to the needful end of what? Our national reformation as a whole people. I mean, he spells it out there. He spells it out, and he also goes on to say that we have forgotten God. We've forgotten God. Look what he says right here. Intoxicated with unbroken success, we have become too self-sufficient to feel the necessity of redeeming and preserving grace, too proud to pray to the God that made us. And I love what he says here, Abraham Lincoln, it behooves us then to humble ourselves before the offended power. Who is that offended power? It's God alone. And to do what? To confess our national sins and to pray for clemency and forgiveness. Do you guys see what this is all about? This is confession, prayer, and he will forgive and heal our land. Oh, man. Too many years we've spent intoxicated with unbroken success. After World War II, you would have thought that would have been a wake-up call, but it wasn't. You thought we would have thought that the Civil War would have been a wake-up call, and seems like we kind of came out of that, only to be thrust back into World War I. We came back out of that one only to be, right, supposedly the war to end all wars, only to to get thrust back into World War II. And what did World War II test? It really tested um, the fabric of this country. We, we called on the name of the Lord. I'm sure churches were packed and full. I'm not saying everybody, okay? But the large majority of people sought the Lord. You know, they say there's no atheists in foxholes. Sure, a lot of the men on the battlefield came to know the Lord on the battlefield under duress. And we came out of World War II as the leaders of the entire world. We came out as the powerhouse of the entire world, and the Lord blessed us, affluence, affluence, affluence. We became self-sufficient. And there is this cycle of sin that happens within a nation that becomes self-sufficient and prideful, arrogant. And what does the Lord do? The Lord puts leaders as a means to judge us, as a means to ripen us for judgment, as a means to... Um, to maybe get 
back on our knees and bring us back to what Scripture told us. If my people who are called by my name humble themselves, the Lord's looking for humility, and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and forgive their sins. So, I can go on and on and on. I used to get these letters from Dr. Dobbs. I'll close with this. This is dated April 2021. And I'm not going to read the whole thing. It's really long. I'm just going to read maybe a few sentences. Just bear with me. Dr. James Dobson says, Let me speak candidly to conservative Christians. And maybe this will resonate with you. I sense that many believers are struggling at this time. I would say that that's an understatement of the century. This was 2021. We're two years out from this. A spirit of fear and apprehension has gripped us as our nation has swerved to the far left. Almost as if you could hear Abraham Lincoln saying these words at a podium to a national address to the entire nation. Dr. Dobson goes on and says, Not since the Civil War has there been such consternation about who we are as a people and where the culture appears to be headed. America has been guided since the days of our founders by the Judeo-Christian system of values that was rooted in biblical truth. Now, every vestige of that identity is in the clutches of the politicians who despise it. Thirty years ago, James Dr. Dobson goes on to say, I called this struggle a, quote, Civil War of Values, end quote. Excellent way of putting it. I also said that unless we rose to defend it, the battle for the heart and soul of our nation would be lost, and that's exactly what was and is happening. Good people slept through it. They slept through the years when we could have preserved our freedoms But now that foundation is being laid low. If it is destroyed, so will be our families, our constitution, our schools, our universities, our economy, our liberty to speak and worship as we choose our sense of brotherhood and our glorious military whose young men bled and died to protect America the beautiful. Indeed, Western civilization appears to be on the verge of collapse. Today, the land we and our fathers, forefathers loved is being, quote, fundamentally transformed, as Barack Obama phrased it during his presidency. But he never explained what he meant by that declaration, but we are seeing it come to pass day by day. I know many of you are discouraged But the good news is that it is not too late to save what is left of this constitutional republic if we act now. We simply can't cut and run. We must defend what we have inherited. And I will go on to say, and it's long, but I'll go on to say, because if we don't, and the Lord tarries, It is our kids and our grandchildren that will pay the ultimate price for our spiritual lethargy. So where is the ultimate hope? Are we in a cycle? And I would say yes and yes. Actually, yes and no. And I should explain, but we're running out of time. Let me just say this. Is is it cyclical? Yes. We see it in the Old Testament. We see where a nation was blessed by the Lord. It was formed of the Lord, blessed by the Lord. And then the people in that nation turned their backs on the Lord only to go into captivity or judgment for them to call and cry out to the Lord, for the Lord to send a deliverer and to uh, deliver them from their enemies, from their oppression only to start that cycle all over again. So it is cyclical. Does that mean, do we have 
is there uh, hope for us that the Lord can turn our nation around? Absolutely. Maybe there are a lot of pastors that would disagree with me. I, I believe the Lord can turn this around. Again, don't misunderstand what I'm saying. Does that I'm not saying that I don't want the rapture to happen. But while we're here, I want our nation to become that shining city on a hill that it once was. And it's not going to happen unless you and I and those that call Christ are called Christ followers will humble themselves before Almighty God and will ask the Lord for forgiveness because of the things that we've done and that we will seek Him, seek His face, that we would turn from our ways of apathy, of lethargy, of whatever it is, fill in the blank. And we would stop pretending to play, stop playing church and become the church. I'm not talking about bringing the kingdom of God down. No, 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 no. Like not kingdom now. I'm not talking kingdom now, dominion. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that while we're here, it is our responsibility that God gave us to be a light to those around us. We who are called Christ followers, believers in Jesus Christ, for those of us that are, are the called, we should be the ones that are affecting the world for his name's sake. We should be shining our light in such a way that we draw other people unto the Lord because of the good works that we do, because we love him. Again, the Lord said, if you love me, you will follow my commandments. The Lord never said, if you love me, you're going to be perfect. But the Lord did say, if you follow me, you will. If you love me, you will follow my commandments. Is there hope for America? Yes, there is. Where does our hope lie? It lies solely and strictly in Jesus Christ of Nazareth, period. But there is something that's got to happen before. There is a condition that needs to be met. And I pray that we are seeing, I believe what we're seeing in our nation is a judgment from the Lord and and maybe a wake-up call, I pray, that many would wake up. Part of me gets hopeful, part of me does not. But our hope isn't in man. Our hope is in Christ Jesus, our Lord and Savior. There's this condition, if, if, the then cannot happen if the if does not happen first. I hope you understand that. I know it sounds a little weird and, and backwards or, or confusing, but you need to understand that the then, the blessings, the restoration, uh, um, the forgiveness of sin will not happen until there's the if factor. And so as much as this is all cyclical and the Lord can change it, the question is, will we as his people humble ourselves before almighty God so that he can begin to do the work through us? Because if the answer is no, then we unfortunately are destined to doom and destruction as a nation. For those in Christ Jesus, we are destined to glory in with him, in his glory, right? But folks... Praise God that the Lord didn't rapture us before you and I were believers. And there's a lot of people out there that don't know Jesus Christ. And you never know who that one person that you share the gospel of Jesus Christ with might in turn again be another Greg Laurie or Billy Graham or... And these are people in, in, our, in our time that we can... That we could relate to. We, we've seen the work that the Lord has done through them. You never know who that might be. So it's important that we realize and we don't get stuck just sitting down and, and, and sitting on our hands and just waiting for the rapture to happen. Let's not do that. 
Let's not fall into that trap. Wait for the rapture expectantly. Yes. Resounding. Yes. Wait for the rapture on your hands and do nothing. No, that is why Satan has, I think, gained so much ground because we've become apathetic. We've, we've, we've allowed ourselves to, to almost be enveloped into this subculture and we've, impl- we've just almost imploded on ourselves and we've forgotten what the Lord has called us to do. But Abraham Lincoln got it right. God bless him for what he did as he called for a national day of humiliation, fasting, and prayer. And I want to encourage each and every one of us to remember that proclamation because it's very biblical and that me, I speak for myself, okay? I'm I'm preaching to myself too. I don't want you guys to ever think I'm preaching at you. I'm preaching to myself and this is a heart-to-heart I'm having. So again, what I want you guys to take away from this is hope is not lost. It is not lost. Let's not sit back in apathy and just watch the entire nation crumble when we could do something about it. Some people say, well, what could we do? Are you getting down on your knees and praying? Are you fasting? I'm not fasting. I need to start fasting. I'll be the first one to admit it. But we all have to be honest about this. Not just me, every single one of us. Seriously. Again, you could fool everybody around you, but you're not going to fool the Lord because he sees the heart. So it would be really stupid of me to sit here in front of all of you and say, "I have you fasted because I am? No, I haven't fasted, but I, I need to start fasting. Have I been praying? Yeah, but I haven't been praying the way that I probably should be praying. And so this is a challenge to all of us, not just to myself. I got a lot of work that I need to do. The Lord has a lot of refining to do in my life. There are a whole lot of a real rough edges and sharp pointy ones too. And it's not fun, but it's necessary. It is necessary. And so I want to encourage you guys, let's do this together. Not because I'm asking you to do it, but because the Lord is saying, if... And are we willing to engage in the if while we wait for the rapture to happen? Because look, the Lord can turn this all around. Yes, he can. And imagine if the Lord turns this all around because we've come to him in a humble state, prostrated before God Almighty, asking him in humility for forgiveness. And he turns this all around. And he gives us another moment of reprieve. It is not a moment for us. If God gives us reprieve, that is not the moment for the church to sit and get comfortable, fold the arms and go, now, whew, that was a close one. That would be the moment now to put in fifth gear, hit that accelerator, and as the church, make the impact that the church has not been able to do in 2,000 years, be able to do it in these maybe last minutes of church history. Who knows? Just a thought. I'm not dogmatic about this. It's just maybe to get you guys to think. So there. That was my heart-to-heart, family. That was my heart-to-heart. And as always, please get out. Share the gospel of Jesus Christ. I got these gospel cards, little tiny ones, right there. They got the gospel on them. Oh, man, they're just blown out. There you go, right there. I got one in, I got some in English. I got some in Spanish. I'd love to translate these into other languages. But get out and share the gospel of Jesus Christ and be a light to a dark world. Let's be the if. We have an if factor. Because Jesus can come back any moment. There, that is a signless event. And I pray that he would find us occupying for him. So get out, share the gospel. If you don't know Jesus Christ, I implore you to call on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ to be saved. Call on the name of the Lord to be saved. Because tomorrow's promise to no man. And it's really, really simple. I mean, seriously, I love the ABCs. ABCs of salvation. I don't care what anyone says. These are great. They're fabulous. 
A, admit you're a sinner. You got to ask God for forgiveness. We sinned against a holy God, period. End of story. That's it. B, believe Jesus died on the cross. He died on the cross for your sins. He died on the cross for my sins, but he didn't stay dead. The good news is that on the third day, he rose. He beat death. He conquered death. Praise God for that. Sealed and dealed, baby. Sealed and dealed. ABC. Confess Jesus Christ as your Lord. Confess Jesus Christ as your Lord. It's the Lord couldn't have made it more simple. It is so simple, so easy. If you think you hit rock bottom, you know what? Don't wait to clean yourself up. The Lord is in the cleaning business. Come just as you are. Ask Jesus Christ to be the Lord and Savior of your life. You will not ever regret that decision. I'll tell you what, let's close in prayer. Father God, we come before you, Jesus. And I share this heart to heart. I pray that it would bless others, Lord, for those that are are looking for you. I pray that, Lord, you would meet them, Father. Holy Spirit, initiate that work of salvation. Father God, you can turn this country around. You can turn the world around. There's no doubt in my mind. Will you? I don't know. But Father God, you work on an individual basis. And so, Father God, I pray right now that whoever's listening, if they don't know you, that they'd call on the name of the Lord, that they'd call to you to be saved. And for those that do, I pray you would bless them and that you would give them hope. I love Jeremiah 33.3. Call to me, you say, and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things that you do not know. Lord, show us great and mighty things that we do not know. And while we wait for you, I pray that you would give us a zeal to share the gospel of Jesus Christ, to get into your word, to devour it, and to get on our knees, and a desire to fast, that, Lord, you would heal our land. I pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Family, thank you guys so much for putting up with me. This was a fun one. I hope you guys were blessed, encouraged, challenged. Until the next time, remember, keep looking up, because our redemption draws near. See you guys. (laughs) We'll be right back.